The Barna Group reports that rates of church attendance, religious affiliation, belief in God, as well as prayer and Bible reading have been dropping for decades. Because the church no longer functions with the cultural authority it once did, we must learn to adapt to this post-Christian era. Barna says, because many are disinterested in the church, we have a unique opportunity to consider making appropriate changes. Hear from a church who's doing just that on this Action in Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action in Ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legute, and this is Action in Ministry. In Richmond, Virginia, nestled amongst subdivisions filled with families, sits Redeemer Lutheran Church. But while it was surrounded by people, Redeemer Lutheran was experiencing firsthand this disinterest in church that Barna described. Becky Wade is the head of what they call the cul-de-sac ministry. They are changing how they reach their community, and Becky is here to tell us about it. Becky, it's great to have you here with us today. I'm glad to be here. Becky, your church began to explore some ministry programs that some people might consider out of the box. Can you share with us why? Well, Rachel, we were noticing that, you know, 50 years ago, the trend was kind of, quote, quote, if you build it, they will come. And we began to see that that isn't the way it's working now in 2018. And we started this about eight years ago, so it was about 2010. And we were noticing that trend within our own um, our own neighborhood and our own community. Um, we had just finished a building project. We had planted um, a daughter church. And so we kind of sat back and we said, you know, what's the next mountain? What is the next big thing that God has for us to do? Where is our next mission field? And um, some, some time and some prayer and some, some thought and discussion said, you know, that that mission field is right here. It's, it's right where we're sitting. Um, we're surrounded by about 25,000 families, and we know that by census information, about 50% of them say that they rarely, if ever, attend church. But from what we have seen and from the experiences that we've had, we know that number is probably closer to 70%. So we felt that God really positioned us in a place where we have a unique opportunity to get to know our neighbors and and allow our neighbors to get to know us and be the hands and feet of Christ, not just talk about them. You know, you mentioned um, some demographics of your area, and I'm wondering in those those early days, how did you get the information to know who your community was? Well, one of the greatest resources we have is through um, the LCMS, the Lutheran Church uh, Missouri Synod. They have a database um, that we can go into and they can tell us, you know, roughly the demographic information of the, of the community surrounding us. But a lot of it was done by word of mouth, by, by getting out and just talking to people and, and getting to know people and finding out what, what they were doing and where they were involved and, and observing people and seeing where their values are. Because generally you find that, that people are going to build their community around what their values are. People with similar values tend to, to build communities together. And so we kind of observed that and we got to, to talk to people and, and get to know them and, and find some of those things out ourselves. So as you noticed all of these families around you, how did you come up with the idea of the cul-de-sac ministry? So at the time, um, our assistant pastor, uh, Reverend Seth Cordy, um, he had a team of people 
that they got together and they just began to tackle this mountain. And um, I wasn't here in 2010. I've been here for about two years. Um, and before that, I was involved as a volunteer for three years prior to that. Um, but they just they began to sit around and they just said, you know, okay, what what is it that we're really trying to accomplish here? And we we found that people not only they didn't know who we were. We didn't know who they were, and and in many cases, they didn't know who each other were. Um, so we were trying to come up with a way to allow people to get to know each other, to allow people to get to know us, and for us to be able to get to know our community. Would you say that that was one of the biggest challenges in the beginning? Is that you um, had to figure out, like, kind of create this this community that involved both the people living in the community and the people in the congregation? Absolutely, um, because it needed to be organic, and that's a word that we use a lot around here is organic. We want it to feel very naturally occurring. Uh, this is all about relationships. It's all about building relationships with people uh, because the number one foundation of any relationship, as I'm sure anyone will tell you, is trust. And the only way that trust is built is over time. And it's allowing yourself to be transparent and for people to see that, that you're not out to, you know, preach hellfire and brimstone to them. We just, we want to give them lunch and we want to play games with them. We want to get to know them and let them get to know us and understand that if they have needs in their family, if they have needs in their community, we're here to, to try to lend, lend a hand. Um, you know, again, be the hands and feet of Christ to to help them in those areas. Well, I'm definitely interested in knowing a little bit more about what the cul-de-sac ministry looks like as it's taking place. Can you describe to us what it looks like? Absolutely. So we have a trailer um, that actually sits in our parking lot. And inside that trailer, if you opened it up, you would see a basketball hoop. You would see cornhole boards. You would see an old-fashioned charcoal grill. We have tables. We have chairs. Uh, we have hundreds of craft supplies. Um, so what we do is we get a team of between 10 and 12 volunteers from the church, and we basically we, we hook that trailer up to a, a truck, and we go to whatever cul-de-sac has been designated. Um, now, when we, when we pick the cul-de-sac, about three weeks prior to the event, we have a, we have a team of people that goes and they distribute letters asking for permission for the homes that are in the cul-de-sac because the homes are private property. Um, so we don't want to, we don't want to be in anyone's way because that's going to completely defeat the purpose of what we're trying to do. Um, so if we, if we receive permission from the, the people living in the cul-de-sac, then the week prior to the Saturday where we're going to go, we go out and we hand out flyers. Um, we go, we knock on people's doors and we just say, hey, you know, we're coming to your neighborhood on Saturday. You know, just, just come out. Just come out and hang out with us. So we, we usually pull up about 10.30, quarter to 11 on a Saturday morning, and we unload the trailer and we set up tables and we have tables for serving food. We set up a grill. We usually do hot dogs or hamburgers. Um, sometimes we'll actually order pizza. and We'll just take pizza out there with us. Um, and then we usually have a couple of tables that are set up where we have crafts, and those for the kids to go and make a craft, something to take home with them. Um, then we also have the basketball hoop that we set up. We have the cornhole boards that we set up. Uh, we have several, basically, um, old-fashioned homemade games, like we have a large net 
with different points on it. So think about basically like skee-ball but standing up. And you throw the football through it, and, you know, you, you do that. Uh, we have some tabletop games, um, just, just things like that for the kids to do to, to keep them involved and to give them a chance to interact with, with the kids that we take because people bring their families to volunteer. Um, then at the very front of the cul-de-sac, we have what we call the welcome table. And one of the key components of every event that we do here is that we, we give away something. Usually it's a $25 gift card to Walmart or to Target, um, something to help people buy groceries or do whatever they need to do during the week to just make that a little bit easier. Um, so when people come to the cul-de-sac, we have them register for the giveaway. Um, this also allows us to get the information of the people that were, that were there so that we can follow up with them. And we can say, you know, it was really nice to talk to you on Saturday. How can I pray for you? You know, would you like to go out and have a cup of coffee? I really enjoyed talking to you. I'd like to, to follow up with that conversation. Um, and then also we have a small table that's kind of set off to the side. It's kind of private. Um, it's our prayer table. And we have, a, we have a, a wooden box there, and people can write down prayer requests anonymously and put them in there. And when we come back and we collect, we open the box and we pray for the people that we've, we've met with and the things that they've asked us to pray for. How do you pick the cul-de-sacs that you're going to, that you're going to go to? Where we're sitting, there's actually three large established neighborhoods. We've just kind of started in the beginning of the neighborhood, and we just kind of move systematically, um, cul-de-sac by cul-de-sac, side by side by side, month by month. And, you know, when you do that, you know, you begin to see the same people over and over again. And so there's that, that initial key element that I was talking about with the trust. They know that we're going to be there, and they generally know who's going to be there. And we see the same kids, and they come out, and they, they play with our youth, and they do the crafts, and they, they eat, and they hang out, and they look forward to us pull it up in that, in that trailer. When you see the same people over and over again, and they, they build these relationships, they're excited to see you, but um, what has the overall response been from the community? Well, they definitely know who we are now. Um, and so what we do is we, we use these cul-de-sac events as— it, Picture it as a springboard um, to building deeper relationships, to, to, to deepening those and, and beginning to get to know people a little bit better. Um, so, for instance, we do the cul-de-sac event, but then once a month we have what's called Screen on the Green. So we do a free dinner and movie night here on campus. So a lot of times the people that we see in the cul-de-sacs, we invite them and they'll come to movie night. So then we've interacted now with them twice in one month, not just once. Um, one of the biggest ways, though, I think that our presence in the community has impacted the community and really impacted the church once a year, we do what's called Hearts of Service Day. And basically, we, we mobilize as many of our members as we can to go out into the same community and just do work for people, small home repairs, yard work, whatever people need. Um, and then this, this, again, ties back to the trust because people have a hard time, most people, most of the time, have a hard time telling you, yeah, I really can't do this because of my finances, because of my health. People like to, to hold on to that pride and say, no, I'll figure it out. Well, when you've built these relationships of trust, when you've spent time with people, they're more willing to open up and say, you know, I could really use help with this. So the community around us now knows that they can trust us. And when there are needs, large or small, they will contact the church 
and they will allow us to come into their homes, come on their property, help them, serve them, giving us more opportunities and more doors to walk through to, again, be the hands and feet of Christ. What have been the biggest challenges with getting this cul-de-sac ministry going and keeping it going for eight years? Um, One of the biggest challenges is actually within our own congregation. Um, A lot of people, when you you tell them what you're doing, they imagine uh, street evangelism, basically, is is the picture that people get in their head when we say, we're going to go into the neighborhood and we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus on Saturday. Well, a lot of people picture, you know, we're walking around and we're, we're, you know, telling people about Jesus and we're sitting down with the Bible and we're opening the Bible and we're, we're preaching. And it, whereas that is okay if that's, if that's the mission, um, our mission here is really to, to show who Jesus is through our actions and through our words. Um, so people are, they're intimidated by it because they go, you know, I don't have all the answers. And our answer to that is, well, guess what? We don't either. (laughs) You know, if someone asks you a question when you're sitting down having a slice of pizza with them and you don't know the answer, tell them you don't know the answer. But then offer to say, you know what? I'd like to know also. Let's see if we can find out. And, you know, you go and you find somebody else who can can help. And if you can't, you know what? I'm going to find out that answer and I'm going to call you this week. Well, there again, you've opened the door again for a, for a second contact. So I would say that's probably one of our biggest challenges. Um, the, the other biggest challenge we've had is, is getting the word out to people that we're coming. Because, you know, if someone sticks something on, on your mailbox, if you're not home, eh, nine times out of ten, you're not going to pay that much attention to it. Um, so really getting people to come out and, and finding a time that is, that is good for families. Because we generally run these on Saturday mornings, but you ask anybody that has kids that are involved in any kind of activity, everything happens on Saturday morning. So whereas people want to come, they know we're going to be there, a lot of times there's sports, there's dance, there's other extracurricular activities. So, you know, sometimes we have to tweak when we're going and, and exactly what we're doing. Where have you seen fruit from this ministry? What exciting things can you tell us that have come out of this? Well, for me personally, the the most exciting things are the relationships, are are the people that you see month after month, and you see those relationships grow, and they begin to come to the movie nights, and they begin to allow us to serve them on Hearts of Service Day, building those relationships, getting to know people, getting to know their families, getting to know their stories. Um, You know, you don't you don't have to be James Earl Jones or Morgan Freeman to tell a great story. Um, you know, if you sit down and you talk to somebody and you really care about what they're saying, listening to those stories, you know, God created all of us. And the Bible says that we're all made in His image, which means that there's a little bit of God's image in everybody that you meet. And being able to talk to someone and, and glean that little bit of image of God out of them, it's, it's amazing. It's one of the most rewarding experiences I've ever had. Becky, what wisdom would you pass along to another church or person who's wanting to better reach their community? The number one thing that I would tell you is play the long game. This is not a short-sighted mission. This is not something that you can go for two or three or even eight years and go, okay, you know what? We did it. We're done. That's not the way this works. 
this is this is a mission. This is a long-term thing. And there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be peaks and valleys. Um, but when you're in the valley, just remember that God is the God of the mountain and the valley. And he's going he's gonna to undergird you and seek his wisdom and seek his will. Um, make sure that what you're doing is actually right for the community where you are. Uh, when it comes to community engagement, when it comes to this kind of thing, there is no silver bullet. There is no cookie-cutter answer that you do this and this will work. It has, to, it has to be flexible. There has to be some give in there. Um, and most of all, remember that it's not about you. This is about Jesus. This is about being Jesus to the people around you. Becky, what a great reminder that we can be evaluating our opportunities and adjusting our actions to reach the people in our communities with the gospel. When we see that people aren't necessarily coming into our churches, maybe it's time that we take the gospel to them like you've been doing. Thanks for sharing with us today, Becky. Thank you for letting me share with you all today. I love what this church is doing. It's unfortunately true that fewer and fewer people are running to the church for answers or desiring church to be a part of their life. But a recent Barna report also tells us the most likely way of getting people to church is by invitation from a friend. That's what Redeemer Lutheran is doing through their cul-de-sac ministry, building genuine relationships. It's not only about getting their neighbors into their church building, it's about sharing the life-changing good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to a world that needs him. Becky and others at Redeemer Lutheran are being the hands and feet of Jesus through this cul-de-sac ministry. How is God calling you? Visit our Lutheran Hour Facebook page and tell us. That's Action and Ministry. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Legute. Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website, lhm.org forward slash action and send us an email.